The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 21st, and at this hour, have you ever thought about hiring an interior designer? If so, why? And are you ready? Are you renovating or are you just decorating? We are going to get into that and more also at this hour. What happens when you need to move across the country or anywhere? Do you know an experienced agent in your city? We will give you tips on how to do just that. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. I am your host, Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, the number today is one 866 472 we have a very interesting show today. Buying real estate in New York City often comes, often time comes, with the need to renovate, decorate, design, or even combine one or more apartments. So how do you do that? Who do you need to call, and who will do this, and at what cost? My guest today is Robert Pasala, leading uh, and highly acclaimed interior designer. His firm is Robert Pasal Interior Design and Architecture. Uh, also on the program today is Tony Sargent, a real estate agent with CORE, who will discuss bi-coastal connections in the world of real estate. How do I move to a new city without knowing a seasoned agent? Tony is going to tell us all about that and give us some good handy tips. Let's start with design. Robert, uh, Robert Pasalanteria is never defined by any one era, style, or approach. Rather, it evokes personal comfort and sophistication. Timeless, collected, composed, and curated are the words often used to describe the aesthetic. I love that. Drawing from his own experiences, travels, and keen insight, Robert continually hones his skill as a designer. When working with clients, he selects fabrics, furnishings, art, and antiques that represent each person's individuality, whether contemporary or traditional. Clients currently range from professional athletes to celebrities, financiers, real estate developers, corporate leaders, and homemakers around the country, he is currently at work producing lines of fabric and furnishing uh, with his signature look in an effort to allow his aesthetic to be available to the general public. Good morning. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's a big resume. <laughs> and it sounds like you keep yourself very busy. It's been a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. So listen, you know, let's get right into it. You know, um, it, it, it's... How do we, we're going to talk about how we engage an interior designer from a lot of perspectives and, and a lot of angles, but firstly, there has been a debate raging for some time around the terms architecture, interior architecture, interior design, interior decoration. The discussion centers on the blurring of those lines that define the role and responsibilities of each profession. Where does the interior design of a space and the architecture begin and vice versa? I think that's often different with each project and... Um I see designers as, or I see myself, I should say, as creating lifestyles, and I see architects as creating um, linear spaces. And so uh, what we do is we really we get to know our clients, we interview them, we take them to dinner, we spend time with them and try to um, 
build a lifestyle for them as opposed to just decorating their home. We talk about how they live in this space. Do they have children, pets, visitors, um, and you know, however their lifestyle uh, unravels, that's sort of how we build the design. I wanted to ask you about that because, I, you know, in real estate, you know, several of us use the term, you know, we don't just sell property, we don't just sell real estate, we sell a lifestyle. Because when you really peel back the the, the envelope, we are selling a lifestyle, whether it's Agreed. a neighborhood, whether it's a street, whether you're a busy professional and you need, you know, X type of space or whatever, you're really selling an apartment that's going to map to that person's lifestyle. So I can only just imagine that once that property is sold, bought and sold, and then Robert comes in and helps them, you know, really create that space that's needed to continue their lifestyle, how difficult that can be. So we want to get involved in the, in, in the whole process of, you know, interior design. So, where, you know, where do we begin with this? So I buy an apartment and I think, you know, I'm walking around bare wall, rooms and walls and say, I need help here because I don't know the first thing to do to make this home a home. Where do I begin with this? Well, uh, there are many avenues um, in selecting a designer. I think the, uh, obviously, the internet is a tremendous um, has tremendous capacity to view portfolios. Uh, there's Pinterest and House and just many many vehicles online where you can you know, just see um, images that that you that you like that you, that you admire, and you can contact those. I got a call yesterday from someone who was on Pinterest and saw you know one of my projects. Um, and I also, you know, I get a tremendous amount of referrals through real estate brokers. I think um, brokers get to know you. They know your capacity, what you're able to do, and how you're able to pull off these projects. You're tried and true. You know, and you've done I, it before. So people say, hey, if he's done it successfully once before, I'm going to refer him again because he's going to do it again. Yeah, and I also think for the real estate brokers, um, you're, you're selling a full package. So you're, you're, you're setting your client up with this home and with somebody who can really bring it to fruition and, you know, make it happen for them. And it, it just, it helps uh, real estate brokers along the way to have someone that is reliable, that they know, you know, will bring, you know, just bring it. How, it we've got a lot to talk about, but my, the first question that comes to mind is how engaged do you keep the real estate agent once the the deal is done? I mean, do you, do you need them to kind of manage the, the expectations or the relationships or do you now take over from your own perspective, and you take on the responsibility of that client. Yeah, we we take on the full responsibility, and you know it's funny. Uh, whenever I entertain clients, I I tell them that um, getting to know, like interior design is almost like dating. So as as we get to know the client and they get to know us, you know, we build trust, and the relationship just grows from there. And I feel the relationships are quite the same for brokers. Um, you know, once you show them a few things that they're interested in. Then you gain their trust, um, and so it's that's the way you know that's the process basically in design is basically building trust. I think some of our biggest or, or or best relationships are our colleagues in in this industry more so than in our private lives because we spend so much time with our team, and you know you build such relationships and trust as you say, uh, you know not that you don't have it at home in your in your personal life, but <laughs> it's it's it's. It's different when you're when you're at work. And like you're dating. What personal it's life? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I don't have any, but that's not kind of the track. I was talking about me. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. All right, so let, let's let's move down the process. So when you walk into a space, the first thing you see is you know an empty space, and whether we like the bones or not, as as professionals, you walk into a space, and does the vision hit you immediately as to what you want to do here, based on the conversations you've had with the client upfront, with what they like, what they don't like. 
or what their lifestyle is? What do you see first when you walk into a space? Um, I, th- I, I usually see the floor plan right off, and that's very helpful in um, sort of getting your point across to the client and basically selling them on the space. And you know, in the past, I have worked with brokers who would call me and say, hey, can you just do a floor plan for this, you know, for this client so that they can see the way that they can actually live in the space? Right. Sign where, you know, where their children will sleep and what the options are, and so sometimes we'll do two or three floor plans, um, and just present them to the client, and it's it's a tremendous vehicle in, in selling properties. Um, so everybody has a wish list. So when you're in there and you're looking at the space and you and you 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 have your own thoughts, you're listening to your clients' um, ideas. You know, uh, so the wish list items, most of the time, I mean, even as we're selling apartments to people, they all have, you know, tremendous wish lists, which I say to probably 50% or greater, it doesn't exist. My favorite, my favorite line in, in real estate is it doesn't exist. And they'll <laughs> ask again, and then they'll try and, you know, work around that, and they'll ask it a different way. And I look straight at them, and I say one more time, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so let's continue with what does exist and work from there. So what, you, what are some of the wish list items that clients ask you for, you know, on a routine basis, and whether they do work in a space, and sometimes maybe they don't work in a space? Um. I think a lot of people want a fireplace, which you know <laughs> most buildings don't allow right. and any longer. Even the you know the propane fireplaces, they're just uh, not allowed. Um, you can't even put those gas propanes in some of these buildings. Really, it really depends on the building. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, windows and bathrooms. You know that that's a that's a big deal. Oh, in just New break York. a hole in the wall. <laughs> out of window in the Wait, you can't cut a hole <laughs> through the wall. I know somebody who did it and wasn't supposed to. And they, you know, what, through the, the facade? Afterwards. Are you kidding me? Absolutely, absolutely. And he's a de- one of my developers. Oh and, my, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and put a big window. Put a big window in his dining room. Actually, it wasn't in the bathroom. People often request um, eat-in kitchens, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they have children. Um, lots of things and what, what I, have I they seen their own floor plan before they ask you for that <laughs> <laughs> generally not what no. about exposed brick I mean is that that's still the rage or is that kind of dying not out not so much not so much I think the aesthetic right now is much cleaner mm-hmm. and um, people aren't so drawn to exposed brick and I want to tell you before we move on to the budgets and stuff I wanted to ask you about some of the, the styles and the designs so what is the what is the look and feel today? Is it more clean lines? Is it you know more contemporary? Is it more you know traditional? Where are people today with how they want to design their homes? You know, I in think in general, I think design is very personal and it's just quite different for each person and for each client. Um, as a whole, in in the industry, I think it's very mixed. I think right now the trend is. You know, not to be contemporary and not to be traditional, but you know what? I was just going to really say that really mix elements. I'm seeing that in new developments too. Yeah, yeah, and we're seeing contemporary classic being the it right. go to, and we are seeing a little bit of a, a throwback to a little more of a classic style. Kitchens, though, what do you think of like in kitchen choices? Like, what kind of cabinetry are you seeing people choose when they're choosing on their own versus um, the developer's choice? It's funny. We're working on two kitchens currently, and both kitchens are. Uh, Color. One is blue and one is actually an aubergine. Really? And um, so these specific. are obviously very custom the kitchens. The 70s are back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm seeing a lot more color is what yeah, I'm seeing. Yeah, me too. Design. But I've been, I've been to, uh, to new developments. I was just down working on a project at 51 J Street. And they did black cabinetry. All the kitchen cabinets mm. are black. And I have to say, it's very, very chic. It is, pr- it is a bit of an 80s. 
Yeah. Throwback, but, but I feel but, like. But beyond the throwback aspect of it, though, and I, I would agree with you, it probably is very chic. But don't don't these people worry? You know, when when someday they have to sell, because it's always I've always you know in in advising clients, you know, with decorating, and I'm not far from a decorator, but they'll ask me simple questions, and I say, you know, be as neutral as you can be, because if you want to turn around and sell this at some point. A very specific red cabinet or black cabinet or blue walls. Yeah, you know. mm-hmm. One of the things we do is we talk to clients about um, their their plan, their three year plan, their yeah. five year plan, their ten year right. plan, and you know if they say, hey, you know we're going to be here for ten at least ten years, then I say, you know, you make it yeah, do, do, do your thing. If they're going to be there for I, three I would years, agree. I agree. With I that. would recommend white cabinetry or something that that is quite neutral, that is sellable, <clears throat> where someone can come in and. Change the hardware, change the backsplash, and make it their own. Are you seeing the color in lacquer, or is it uh, lacquer cabinetry of, that you're seeing? Right. Yeah. 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 Now lacquer was back. Was it the 80s or the 90s? Because that that's really starting to come 80s, back. It was early 90s. That's what I. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're really throwing back to the <laughs> right. old days. Good yes. lord. Yes. Black lacquer Memories. cabinet. <laughs> yes, seriously. Black is very trendy right now. Yeah. All right, listen, we're going to come back. We have a lot more to talk about. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Real estate transactions are full of surprises. I had a client with a beautiful home. We had seven offers in one week. Unfortunately, the first buyer pulled out and the deal fell apart. The client was inclined to relist in the fall, but I encouraged her to take the second offer. I explained that the risk of waiting did not outweigh the potential of getting a higher price. She reluctantly took my advice, but a month later she thanked me and told me how invaluable I had been throughout the entire stressful process. I'm Lori Benary with CORE, and this is what I do. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with Robert Passau, um, and we are talking about renovations um, and making spaces more homey and more beautiful. We talked about the space itself. We talked about the wish list. Let's talk about the budget, and then we're going to get into the value of you know the end result of this and the, the big reveal as they as they show on HGTVs all the time. So, you know, how 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 do you come up with a budget for your projects? And how easy is it to sell to clients? Because I know clients are not always willing to want to spend money even just to purchase the apartment, let alone now I've got to turn around <laughs> and, and decorate it, right? So how do, you, how do you come up with a budget and how do you sell that to your client? Um, for furnishings, we, we budget for a, um, like a, a mid-range project about 150 per square foot. 
And um, that is not including construction. That is including, including floor coverings, wall coverings, upholstery, window treatments, and so on. Um, you know, construction is priced as per the project. Right. Um, so there's, you know, there's no, there's no saying exactly what the construction costs. But what I will tell you is that, and as you know, um, good design sells spaces and good design holds its value. Um, and it is really an investment in your real estate and it's an investment in your lifestyle. I mean, it, you know, you get to live in the space and truly enjoy it. And then when you decide to sell it, it's just, it's, it's very profitable. It is. I mean, it's like, you know, we, we say all the time as real estate agents, the better a, an apartment shows, the faster it's going to sell or the um, the better it's going to sell and probably close to asking price, if not more, and in some cases over. So now when you snap onto that an interior design element, obviously it's going to increase the value of that home tremendously. And I've seen homes, you know, two different floor plates in the same building, one done and one not done. And the price differential is is amazing. But but as far as um, furniture, because a lot of people get confused. So you say about a hundred fifty dollars, and 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 don't quote me here, but per square foot. But that does not include buying a furniture, right? That's that, all. that includes all the furnishings. Oh, so it does. One fifty per square foot. Wow, that's an average. Okay, and that includes furnishings, wall coverings, window treatments, floor coverings. It it, it depends on the size of the space, and it also depends on the caliber of your taste. Um, we take that all you know up to even three hundred a square foot based on more layered, more luxe look, um, and also depending on the space. How often do you do an entire apartment versus just rooms, like a kitchen or a living room? Or is it most of the time when you're engaged, it's an entire apartment? Correct. We mostly do full-on projects um, where we take over the entire space and provide furnishings and window coverings and floor treatments for the, for the entire space. On occasion, um, we'll take larger projects that are you know, just a few rooms but um, we're, we're mostly known for taking, you know, full homes and full apartments. So I engage you. You're my, my uh, interior designer. Um, do I need to leave my home for a couple of weeks, a couple of months? Is there a timeline of six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks before it's all finished? Or do you work around people? <laughs> <laughs> or do you work around people who are actually living? I will tell you a personal quickie. Uh, I had I bought an apartment, a co-op in the east side years ago. And I decided to renovate it, but I decided to live in it while I was oh, renovating. Mistake no. number one. Mm. <laughs> you know, for Every a year time. for a year later, there was still dust in my suit jacket pockets. Yes, I yes, mean, even though everything was sealed gosh. and it was just it, absolutely out of control. So what do people do? Do they actually not move in until it's done or do they move out and then come back? We always recommend that clients leave the space while it's under construction. It's, it's a terrible thing to live through. Mm -hmm. um, I think also quite irritating, you know, see progress or seeing what you, seems like a lack of progress. Agitating, exactly. When, um, you know, when contractors are wiring or running plumbing and you know, the client comes home and, and thinks that nothing happened that day, you know, meanwhile, there were 12 people, you know, 12 workers really running wiring and plumbing yeah. and doing all these things that are sort of behind the scenes. But it, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to live through. So we always encourage clients to, um, to sort of evacuate the space there's a reason why makeup artists turn you away from the mirror while they're doing your makeup yeah, for anything because you don't want to see the unfinished product. It's not a pretty process. And, um. it's, it, it's a good analogy, but it's not a pretty process. I mean, it, it's really, I, I had the same experience. I moved out, but no, I, I was stayed in, but every once in a while I would kind of pay attention when I came home to what was done that day. Mm -hmm. And it looked like nothing was done. <laughs> and I thought, 
well, what, what, you know, what were these people doing? What were they all doing all day long? And the and the super would say, you know, there were six people in the apartment today, and they were making all kinds of noise. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what we all. like to do is we like to we meet with the clients weekly. We walk them through the space. We show them the progress. We talk about any sort of changes I'd like to make or any you know any adaptations, and um, and we install everything at once. So we deliver all the furnishings at once. We hang all the wall coverings, the window treatments at at, in, at once. And we do do an actual HGTV reveal. Well, I was going to um, ask you about except that. Except it doesn't happen. In, it doesn't happen in 24 hours. It, it's more of a, I'd say, a six to eight month process. Right. Um, by the time you know you get through the construction, depending on the type of construction, order all the furnishings, have them delivered, installed, um, and we deliver full on projects where you know the client comes comes home. It's lights, candles, music, accessories. Um, we really we do it all. I wanted to ask uh, you that. I can't remember the last time somebody's done that. <laughs> <laughs> Candles Would you in like my house to promote this? I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. But this is brilliant. Talk about customer service. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot on the show. Yes. And really servicing your clients as we all do here. And he's a perfect match yes. for all of us. This is this is really customer service and delivering above and beyond. Yeah. Well, it's I a love scientific this. process, too. I mean, yeah. it's such a smart way of doing yeah. it. Not well, letting them deliver uh, a chair one day and a sofa. But giving them updates yeah. and news, you know? No news is the worst type of news. Even and bad news. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean, that's what yes. I think it's a lack of information and lack of knowledge. And I think to your point, I always yeah. tell my clients if you are going to do construction, you're going to see really, you're going to be really excited the first week while a demo happens because that's the most amount of work you'll see in one day. Yeah. And there's a lot of lag time. I've always said, you know, information is power but I also say information is comfort so without right. a with lack of information sometimes you you know you, you start running off in, in all kinds of directions but I wanted to t- you know liken it a little bit to TV because people you know since all the the real estate TV programs think that we all do the same thing we have this wonderful glamorous lifestyle and we open and close doors and you know and it all happens in 24 hours right off in limousines <laughs> and it all happens in 24 hours so I'm a big HGTV watcher and I like all of these fixer upper shows and stuff so when you talk about the final product and you talk about you know the reveal um, is it as dramatic sometimes as when you, you you watch some of these shows and the, and the clients come home and they're just really thrown off and like oh my god this is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen we actually built a house uh, for a client in Chappaqua started as a renovation and they were just not happy with the plans for the renovation and we wound up ter- we wound up tearing the house down oh. um and Whoa. i hope they knew it was, was their choice <laughs> they wanted a larger it started with a larger master closet and turned into a new house <laughs> anyway wow it, you know it was an 18-month process and um we don't allow clients to be on site when we're installing so uh they were gone for a few days they came back and i'm, I'm telling you this <sighs> client cried and mm-hmm. cried and she sat on the steps and said i cannot believe that i'm going to live in this mm. house you know she said this is what i've always oh, dreamed amazing of. you're her it hero she wanted a larger was... master closet and she got a whole house <laughs> yeah. she sure did. how yeah. often does that happen but it, it is an yeah. amazing experience to come home to a space that yeah. is fully done you know to your taste and um you know allows you to just yourself and live there well this is what we love about our jobs but you're kind of making one make me making me want to switch switch <laughs> switch hats because i mean you get to deliver the final final mm. like beautified home which is so amazing you know it's the same thing vince though i think a lot of people think that it's a glamorous um it's, it's a glamorous profession and i you know uh, someone will say oh my it's so, it's so glamorous 
And also, you know, I had a sofa on my head this afternoon and it wasn't that it wasn't yeah. so glamorous or, yeah. you know, you're in construction sites all day. And I, I think people look at, at, at both professions, design and, and real estate as, you know, the, the glamour professions. And, you know, there's a lot of wonderful things and aspects about these two professions. And that's why we're in it, because we love it and we do it well and we um, really look forward to the next day. But there are often times when, you know. We're sweeping, you know, uh, dust off floors mm-hmm. because you're trying to stage an apartment where you have an open house and, you know, the baby food is all over the place and it's just a disaster. Cleaning up after pets. Yep. And cleaning up and after clients. pets. We've talked about that before. And clients. And so, you know, we all know the the, the downside of, of the, the glamorous portion of, of these professions. But I think, I you know, what's rewarding for me is when, you know, and I'm just selling an apartment, you know, when they finally close and they look at you like, wow, thank mm-hmm. you. You've saved me. You've got me, the, you know, the apartment of my dreams. And, you know, there's something to be said for that because, you know, it's a very comforting feeling and it's a very re- rewarding feeling. Very and there are so many properties yes. out there yeah. that don't work for people. And then you, when you find that right one, uh, it's perfect. And then when you add your you know, expertise on top of it, Robert, it's it's just um, it's just full circle. You know, I think designers, uh, it, it's, it's, it's the equivalent. I think you have to really like the designer that you're mm-hmm. hiring. It's a very interpersonal relationship. I wanted to ask you about that. And, um, you know, I've turned down, cl- I've turned down products if I do- where I feel like I don't click with the client. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's uh, often you don't, get that feeling initially but as you get to know someone as i said it's, it's almost like dating you know you you sort of learn their quirks and mm-hmm. what works for them and what doesn't work for them and um i think it's just very important to like who you're hiring and i you know i tell prospective clients you know we're going to be in your life we're going to be at the bar mitzvah we'll be in your drawers i mean it's it's just the way that it is it's a very interpersonal relationship it's an intimate interpersonal relationship and especially on your end you know because you're going to be living in that space you know for as long as it takes to you know to convert it or to do whatever you're doing to it so and i think Oftentimes, people can be difficult. It's a very emotional business okay. on the real estate side and obviously on the decorating oh, yeah. side. So how do you kind of work through the the highs and lows of, of a client's emotions of the day, so to speak, or, <laughs> or of the week? Because I would assume that it's it can be daily. Yeah. It, Where did you get that notion from? I, we don't deal with mm, that ever. Never. <laughs> never. Um, I, I think both are quite personal. And, you know, you just really deal with it on a case-by-case basis. And you know, as you were saying earlier, I think information is the key. Keeping clients informed, letting them know when to expect deliveries, when to, uh, when they can return to their homes, you know, what the lead times are, and being true as to you know a, a timeline and what to expect. And to go back to HGTV, I think, well, it is can be extremely fun to watch. I think on both ends, and for you know for both of our. Um, both real estate and interior design, it's it's been a bit detrimental because I think that um, yeah. people watch these programs and think that you know they can have instant gratification as well, and that you know some a designer can do a home in a week. Um, except what they don't know is that you know they've been planning that show for a year and they've already purchased all the goods and you know everything is ready to go. Oh, so absolutely, I, mm-hmm. I think you know in some ways it's it's sort of it's, it's spoiled. Uh, industry it 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 changes it a little bit and we see it on the real estate side as well i mean i remember when i was uh, managing in my old company uh, and i was interviewing agents you know a lot of brand new agents to the business i mean brand new would come in and say 
So you, you provide, you know, a car service so I can you know, mm. use it when I go around to my uh, show uh, to my showings. And, and of course, the, there's a, a budget for um, taking clients out to lunch and dinner and drinks. And, you know, after the, like the second time, I kind of ah, looked ah. at this person and said, are you serious? Right. I, I had that recently, too. Let me explain to you how real estate really works. And we're not talking about million dollar listing here. OK, let's let's talk about how it yeah. really works. And until you get to their levels, right. it's out of your pocket, buddy. You know, but but that was the expectation. Yeah. You know, this is, I mean, this is how right. I see it on television. So why isn't it real? And I know? think the interesting thing is what I've seen is the benefit has been is that they people are actually aware of staging. They're aware of homes. They're aware of design in a way that they weren't 10, 15 years ago Absolutely. because of Pinterest and the shows. So there's actually more openness to it. Too, yeah. But I think to your point. There's the idea that this can happen in three minutes or it can happen quickly for nothing. Right. And I think yes. that piece right. is the piece where people have to get their head around because there's all different kinds of design levels that you can do. Absolutely. And certainly we're in New York and we're in a market where there's a much more luxury property. You know. All right. We have to leave it right there. Robert Pasal Interiors. Uh, we will be right back after this break. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Aliens with Gas is the program you're listening to. We are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. And we're going to play the rest of the Uli John Roth interview on our overtime. And I dig that because you're doing the, the Brady Bunch thing, aren't you? I am. Because <laughs> I have a, yeah, a theremin app right. on my phone. So it's not, you know, a real theremin. If anybody knows the Brady Bunch, what I'm talking about. UFO! It's back! <laughs> Thank you, and keep watching the skies. That's every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are back, and we're here with the panel, Peru Brumbat from Compass, Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, uh, Tony Sargent from Core Real Estate, and special guest panelist today, Sean McPeak from Compass. I want to talk about bi-coastal connections. Today, it's a big business. Whether you are moving from Los Angeles to New York or vice versa, agents in both cities need to get involved. So these uh, could be for job transfers, moves due to family reasons, or just wanting a fresh start in a new city. Many other cities in the United States work with agents uh, in New York for the same reason. 
So recognized domestically and internationally as an industry leader, Tony Sargent has sold over $300 million in Manhattan property. I think that number is even higher now. Many at record prices. He has been ranked in the top 1% to 3% as a broker in Manhattan and the U.S. since 2003 and was recognized as the best broker seen on HGTV's Selling New York by Curbed in 2013. As a luxury Ooh. marketing specialist, Tony is also known as an expert in staging and design, and he'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about that. He is very involved in bi-coastal deals, and he is here to talk about that today. So what is the mystery with moving to a new city and trying to find the right agent to help you or place you in this new city? So I think the first, I mean, I grew up moving around internationally, so I've lived that life of, you know, you're, I was a kid and mom, dad's in another country already three months and we're packing up to move. And what I always saw as the first thing is if you're going to consider a transfer, you're going to consider a move before you even start thinking about a broker. The first step is go to that city and spend a weekend or two weekends and explore the neighborhoods and explore if you're being offered a job. Go see that neighborhood, go see that city first, right, before you accept it. So you can even start to see if you can live there. But once that decision has been made, a lot of people will reach out to their friends. Um, I've been going back and forth to L.A. and San Francisco, mostly L.A. and the Southern California area for 10 years and have developed relationships with brokers throughout that region. Um, And what I've found is sometimes I've had clients moving out there. And the most important thing is you can refer to friends, but the first thing is, Think about what neighborhoods you're going to live in. What is your lifestyle, as we were talking about with Robert? What's your lifestyle going to be? People say I'm moving to L.A., but is that Malibu? Is that Santa Monica? Is it Orange County? They're all right. very, or, or Calabasas. It's right. all very different. And so, Not Calabasas. Right. But, I mean, everywhere it has its, you know, I mean, I've moved people out there. <laughs> and they actually live in Hidden <laughs> There you go. Whatever. But it's. I've moved people out there who had brokers already referred to them, but I said, this is someone who likes contemporary, he's a filmmaker, he's, he likes contemporary furniture, he likes contemporary architecture. If he goes to any broker in Beverly Hills, he's probably going to see a lot of Tuscan and a lot of stuff in, in Bel Air, and it's not going to be the right fit. So I really interviewed my client, and knowing my client, then I thought of all the brokers that I know in that region that they were looking at, and looked for the broker that ha- would fit with my client, and then flew out there with them. And did the first group of showings, and in the two, were, I, you know, I collaborated with. So them. you'll actually do that. Yes, and so I went in the two weeks before we went out, or the three weeks before we went out. I had the broker send me all the listings that they were going to look at, and because I had worked with them in New York, I knew their taste. So we steered one way or the other, took the client feedback. By the time we I got out to LA for the first view of showings, we saw 15 properties, and they bought one for three and a half. So I was there, you know, because I could see the wife was excited about moving, but she was also nervous. And when I saw that, I was sitting in the office and I was like, you know, would you like me to fly out with you? And it was the best experience because they got the introduction with me as opposed to going and meeting a stranger who was great, but it got the job done and they felt super comfortable with it. For me, it was exciting as well. And, you know, no, that, that, that's pretty interesting because I can only imagine how daunting it is. Say, for example, you've never been to Los Angeles You've never been to the West Coast. You know, there, there are people who have not gone east or west. And you get a job transfer, and it's a great job, and you really can't turn it down. You don't want to turn it down. You want to move to the new job. Mm-hmm. And so you're faced with, all right, so California living. Well, I watch it on TV. I see it in the movies. It looks wonderful. There's an ocean. It's always sunny. It's warm. It's a lot of things. But how do But daunting- what's a boiler? What's <laughs> <laughs> a termite daunting- inspection? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. How daunting is it, though, to come up with the right agent to find the right property. So, you know, and and us knowing what the business is all about, I can only just imagine how people 
kind of feel like they're naked. They go out there and they just don't know anything. I mean, it's similar to people coming to New York and they just look us up with the hopes that we're going to be the best pick because somebody said, well, maybe Vince is great or Tony is great or whatever. And it's it's, designers. It's a personality fit. And it's also, again, it's about information. It's about when people are coming from LA or they're coming from Europe here. For example, in Europe, there's no co-broking. There's no, there's very few seller. There's no, everyone's, there's no buyer brokers. So when people come here and you have a broker here that has an international client, and they're used to like this sort of exclusive relationship. Most Europeans aren't used to that because they have to go to seven different brokers to see one home because it's listed with seven different people. So being able to explain this process to them and understand that, you know, in L.A. there aren't lawyers. The, the broker is going to do all the contractual work and the offers are binding versus here. Nothing's binding. And, you know, when someone comes here, it's like nothing's binding, binding until the seller signs the contract is maddening for most people. You know, they don't understand they're going to have a 60 to 90 day process. So I think it's really understanding who your client is. If you're looking to go out to the West Coast or you're looking to come to New York, it's, a, it's starting to look for what, like, what, what, what Robert said is, what is the lifestyle? Is it someone that wants to be on the Upper East Side? Is it someone that wants to be downtown? Those, those are the first questions I'm going to ask. And then it's understanding, like for me, having been out to the L.A. area for so many years, it's understanding the different neighborhoods. Is this someone going to be a Silver Lake person? Or is this someone who's going to be in Beverly Hills or Bel Air? And what are the nuances of those different areas? You know, or are they, are they going to want to live in Laguna Beach? You know, everyone thinks of L.A. as all this, but it's specifically not. You know, if someone goes out to Malibu for someone who's an Angelino, that's actually like a second home, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's too far of a commute. Maybe mm-hmm. if you work in Santa Monica, what's interesting is now there's a lot of, you know, Silicon Valley or Silicon um Venice Alley. Beach, Alley, right. Venice Beach has become a big Google, big mm-hmm. tech area. So that Santa Monica to Manhattan Beach has become very popular all of a sudden, and it's transformed in the last five years. I'm also, when I go out there, see a lot more New Yorkers than there ever were, and a lot more East Coasters that have moved. And Uber has also transformed how LA moves at night. Uber has transformed a lot of cities and how they move day and night, right. but but absolutely out in LA, and I saw that firsthand. Um, not unlike you know people who come to New York City for the first time and hear about Chelsea and want to live there, or hear about the West mm-hmm. Village, or I think I, I'm better off on the Upper East or Upper West Side because I have kids and private schools and blah blah. So until they really get a feel for this city, you know, if they're not working with the right agent, they're going to be flip flopping all over the place, uh, and it takes time sometimes to hone it in to what they really what they really want or need based on their lifestyle and then based on or mapping it rather to the the neighborhood that's going to work best for them and that lifestyle. And what I would say, absolutely, and what I would say is if, you know, to, to anyone on the radio is listening, if you're looking for an agent, look for someone who's looking to work with you as a client and build a relationship for a lifetime. Because if you're finding that broker that's looking at your at you as a deal you're going to be sold an apartment, but not necessarily something that you well, want. Absolutely. And, and I think that's really the key here because I just showed an apartment yesterday to someone from San Francisco and she's a couple, she's with, she's a partner, she has a partner and they're going to come here. Well, most people <clears> that don't realize that haven't lived in New York is New York's a very intense city. So, and our spaces are small. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, people don't think about that. I don't look like this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I think we look younger because New York keeps us active. I agree you know? 100%. But I mean, if you live in Paris, you walk down the street and there's, mon- there's more trees, there's more parks. You can walk down the street from home and be relaxed. Here, it's intense until you get home. So, well, if you don't... walk much slower. <laughs> they do. Everywhere else. <laughs> Everywhere else. But I think it's being able to share those pieces like, okay, you're coming from Paris. Do you, you know, you might want to live in the West Village because you're going to get a, a, that kind of a lifestyle versus Midtown on 50th Street because you're going to get a view. 
All right, moving on. In today's technology-rich world with information immediately available and a desire by many for immediate gratification, some prospective home buyers and home sellers might want to rely on the internet and get the job done themselves. Oh, boy. One of the reasons for utilizing a real estate agent is that there is so much more to a property than bricks and mortar visible to the naked eye. The reality, however, is that such a decision may be somewhat short-sighted and in addition, penny-wise and dollar-foolish. Sean, you work for Compass, and Compass is known for their high-tech technology, you know, infusion into this real estate marketplace, yes. as most of the other companies are, but but mostly a Compass. Can technology find a new home for you um, better than working with an agent? I mean, that is really the, the dilemma here today um, with tech versus agent versus both. Well, I think the Compass philosophy is um, empowering the client and the agent to find a home better. Uh, there's going to be no replacement for expertise of a good real estate broker, in our opinions. But um, <clears throat> you know, the if you can take technology and help educate the consumer better, um, I think that's really the the end game for us. Yeah, I mean, technology just makes everything so much more seamless and efficient. If you, it's kind of like you know, I mean, to use I guess Apple as a, as sort of you know, Apple doesn't take away having our iPhones or having, you know, swiping mechanisms that are easier, faster, better in our usage and applications, whatever app you're using, whatever it is, all the technology does not somehow take away the need for us to interact with each other as human beings and provide value and context and whatever else. It just makes that communication more seamless and easy. So, for instance, one of the things that Compass has rolled out is probably what I think is like the crowning glory of all the technology so far is called collections. And Compass Collections is um, a, a, it's a tool where we can interact with our clients. They can interact with each other. And there are other tools out there that are similar, but the efficiency and the ease of this tool and how well it's done and how quick it is and the fact that it has a mobile functionality to it, it's all of those things that are just making our connection to our clients Faster, stronger, easier. Right. It's a, it's More another way to communicate instead of having a you know fragmented communication chain. So let's say an email chain about you know X property and a text chain about Y property. You have everything in collections. So everything you ever said about a property, and we all know that we have clients that we sh- show twenty properties to, and then sometimes we go back to the first or second showing. And if well, you what can, did I think of that or whatever? And we have all of that. Well, you fingers. also have a record of all the dialogue. In one place, mm-hmm. so Got it. that's yeah, that's absolutely. that's, that's something. I mean, to like to all mm-hmm. the you know the conversation today has been about you know really I mean whether it's on the design aspect or whether it's on the real estate brokerage aspect of the business. Well, sure. Before they hire we Robert, are, they're going to go and look at his work online, whether it's Pinterest right. or his right. own website, and look at the the lovely pictures of uh, the restaging or remodeled. Right. Uh, Room. But everything we're talking about is about relationship. Everything we're talking about is about relationship. And what these tools are enabling us and helping us truly do is really sort of relate to our client in a way where it's it's so seamless and it's so quick and it's at our fingertips and we have all information necessary from previous dialogues of just about everything and I think that, in a way yeah. where it makes it use the usability and the tangibility of it is is what's improved. And I think that, for example, if we're talking about, you know, I mean, since 2004, you can go online and find everything as a buyer, right? So I always prep my clients and I say, my buyers and say, you can find everything online. I'm not a search engine. Right. Part of my job is to assist with the search. But the other piece is once, you know, the, making an offer in this town is the easiest thing you can do. Making that offer stick 
win a multiple bid, and close is actually or the work. Or making an offer intelligibly right. and making sure it's that an you're art. buying what it's, you it's think that right. you're buying. And people think that with all the information floating around on the internet, that this is some a process that you can do on yeah, your own. Whether it's again, <laughs> whether it's, it's yeah. exactly whether it's design or us. And the thing well, the is, thing. the end, like the context we provide right. as brokers is priceless and completely great different. brokers provide that context and also yeah. the fact that to your point it's it, you know we're so used today being able to buy everything online but when you actually come to something you know you can buy something in the supermarket and return it. You can buy your shorts and return it. But when you're buying a home, it's a very different experience than a rental. It's not something you can return in three minutes. And so what happens is most people make the offer and then they freak out at three in the morning. And I let them know that's going to happen. It's perfectly normal. Call me. So I think it's being able to also have the relationships with the other brokers, understand how to position an offer so that it's going to win the offer versus I, I literally had a 10-way ten a multiple bid on a one bedroom two weeks ago, 10 offers. Right, let, let's let's go to break. We'll do that right as soon as we come back. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We have to go to break. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Being a good real estate agent is oftentimes about being a good listener. Some new clients found me after an exhaustive search, months of looking and not finding anything. We met, I carefully listened and took notes. I understood their needs and found their ideal property within weeks. It was over their initial budget, but reduced for a quick sale, and I further negotiated 20% off the asking price. Listening results in happy clients. I'm Martin Iden with CORE, and this is what I do. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, and I cut uh, Tony off, so please continue with your point. No worries. So, yeah, I mean, just for example, I recently had a 10-way multiple bid on a property that was on the market five days. And so from a broker standpoint, for the seller, you're evaluating which of these 10 buyers are correct for the building because the building had very specific things. And probably about a third of those buyers came direct. And they can go work with a broker, and I recommend they do. At the same time, if they want to work directly, I'm happy to guide them through that. But the trouble is when a broker is unrepresented, when you have that situation, chances are they aren't actually going to make the best offer. And the the best offer went to a co-broke deal because they were the best prepared, they were the best presented, they were 
guided to do the right thing. And that thing, often happens. Yeah. And that often of happens. Course. And so whatever advantage someone thinks they're going to have in a deal where they're going to think they're coming in direct, maybe they're going to get a discount. And a lot of times they're putting themselves at a disadvantage because they don't have They're flying blind is what blind. they're doing. Yeah. And, and they're scared. And when they're being asked to bump up their offer, they think they're actually being taken advantage of and then they don't get the deal. And so... I think there's a lot of nuances to this business and the search part of it is just part of it. And then understanding when you have a couple or a family, you have to also work through like like Robert would do is what does each person want for that property and do they meld? And so I think those are the nuances that you aren't know, the really evident. The biggest thing I think <clears throat> at the crux of this is, you know, we are in a business, again, on both ends of it, um, that is about earning trust, you know, and earning is something we're all willing to do. But the uh, the buyer, the seller, the person who's inviting you to come and design their home it has to allow a certain level of trust to cultivate. Um, and whether they're open to that or not really determines the relationship in my in my view, you know. And to your point of, you know, to Robert's point of, um, you know, do we gel? You know, I, for us as real estate brokers, I think one of the most fundamental outside of taste and style and really do we kind of jive in terms of the way we think, the biggest component tends to be this, you know, is like, can we really get to a place of having such a trusting relationship that you know that I am really working to your best interest? And if I tell you, that's really not the hook to hang your hat on or the hill to die on. Just just roll with me on that. Know that I do this every single day for a dozen years now, you know, so I can really do this and tell you what to do. I wanted to make just three points um, on that, you know, working on your own versus with a buyer. Due diligence. No one's going to do due diligence on a deal or an apartment or a building better than your agent's going to. You yeah. really just don't have the tools to do that. So you're going in blind. You don't necessarily know what you're doing on that score. Negotiations, I mean, this is what we do. You know, yeah. we train to negotiate. The, the more deals you do, the better you get at negotiations. Mm-hmm. And negotiations are really something that an agent, and you know. Our industry relationships are a big deal. And industry There's relationships so are all based it. on that. That's right. Yeah. And so you, you negotiate properly. And the third area I call is gray area. And that 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 incorporates just about everything that goes on with a deal, okay? Whether it's an attorney, a banker, another agent, a co-broke, the building, the super, whatever, the gray area. All the area. moving parts that you don't know about at all. 100%. Yes. And you think, you know, and listen, I'm, I'm assuming that most buyers out there are smart and intelligent, but when it comes to doing something like this, you really have to have the expertise I'm, around I you. I believe I'm smart and intelligent too, but I think I need my surgeon if my foot's broken well, or, you know what right. I mean? Like yeah. as in, I don't try well, to sur- think, do surgery on myself through I mean, YouTube. Like it just doesn't yeah. make any I sense. Think, I think a great, so. <laughs> a great, a great broker. You could watch the surgery on YouTube, but you're not going to allow it on you. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I think a great broker is actually the captain of the ship. They're not just brokering. They're actually putting you in touch with the best attorneys, the best bankers. Absolutely. Keeping that whole process moving and being very hands-on. I think where the brokers that sort of just walk away as soon as the offer is accepted, that's a time of the past. I think today we have to be involved as a team right from the start to the end and keep the client educated and be involved in that process. Yeah, and you know, and I like to believe that we're constantly moving forward. And, uh, and I think part of that is just realizing, you know, how intelligent and successful our clients really are in this market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, if talking down to them or like trying to, you know, come from a teacher standpoint rather than like a partnership standpoint mm-hmm. can kind of work against you. Mm-hmm. So yep. if you can be totally transparent and just educate them on all your experience and all the parts that are going into transaction, I think the end result's much better and you know, communication much more it's, it's, smoother. It's, it's, communication is key and, and your word is is correct, Sean. It's, it's about partnership. I mean, it, all of the, and in and, and Robert's business, the same thing. It's about partnership because if you can't, and that's what I was talking about at the top of the show, it's like a relationship more than anything else because you have to partner mm-hmm. with these people Find the trust, find that that middle ground where you're all going to uh, understand what 
what you need to do to get the deal done and then move forward. Moving on, if you've ever considered moving in with a partner for the potentially cheaper rent or squabbled thanks to a too small (laughs) shared bathroom, you know that your real estate situation can have a dramatic effect on your love life or your life in general, for better or for worse. New Yorkers, for the most part, sacrifice space and size for the convenience of having everything out their doorstep. Isn't that the old New York story? High rents, very expensive purchase prices, but yet we stay and we endure and we social and we love our city. So my question is, what drives New Yorkers to live in smaller spaces, for the most part, and deal with very, a very expensive city, one if not the most expensive cities in the world? What is the lore with it's, the Big Apple? I, I tell people, nobody comes here for the nice apartments. It's for location and experience. You're not... Nobody and says and <laughs> convenient, but everybody says is, I'm moving to the city because of the convenience. What's right. convenient? But, I want to know what is that's also <laughs> that's also a strictly American point of view. Because if you think about Europe, everyone lives in smaller spaces. If you live in a city in Europe, in America, we think look at all the sitcoms. We think suburbia, which is most of America. In Europe, and New York was based on Ameri- on European cities. Everyone does live in smaller spaces. So those of us who work with European clients, they're kind of used to it. Well, what's convenient to answer your question is, you know, all of Manhattan's 22 square miles and we only use about half of it, not even, right? So um, at least most of us who are living down in this area, I should rephrase that. Um, But anyway, um, and, you know, and then there's parts of Brooklyn and whatnot. But really, we're just like in such like the the island it's in and of itself makes everything close in proximity compared to let's say LA where everything's so spread out right. and spread apart um we really do have conveniences like i have 447 restaurants that deliver to my doorstep off of seamless web i know that cuz i probably eat off of seamless like four times a week and that's probably low on the estimate side. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it's like, where else could I possibly do that? It's it's a 24-7 lifestyle and I think it's also the other thing that's really vibrant about New York. I mean, I thought about moving to LA and last year I sort of came back and I walked up Broadway and I stood for a second after I'd come back and I thought, I would miss all the faces. Who am I kidding? Right? Well, I would miss all the faces. <laughs> and I think what we have here and what's even happened in the last eight years has been there's been so much um, so many people coming from all over the world. And there's this this really amazing melting pot of tech people, industry, fashion, you know, all of this exciting. You're, you're so in such close proximity to people that are doing great things. And I think that's one of the things that makes New York great is that we're all in it together, and I think that ability to walk out your door and have a serendipitous experience and have everything come to your door if that's what you want is something you can't get in a car culture in other cities. And yeah. I agree 100% because, remember, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, right? and here I am, and I made my life here, and it broke my heart when my son moved to Seattle because he left New York. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I agree, Tony. People watching here. What is can you best. do when the parents are cooler than the kids, you yeah. know? So. <laughs> I think accessibility is invaluable. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I, my it office is. is six blocks from my home, and, you know, I walk to the gym. And, you know, yeah. The access to everything and anything in New York City is, is really. 
how, no, how, how true I, is it though? You know, I remember years ago, every somebody said to me, you know, we we exist in this town in a five block radius, so everything mm-hmm. we do you is in a creative village. I was going to, I was going to say that as soon as I made the, I made that <laughs> comment about seamless, I thought, the I same like, five places. yeah, exactly. And yeah. then my my next thought was exactly that. Not only do I order from the same five places, but then that enables me to be an entire hermit if I want to, and <laughs> not even leave and talk to a single well, soul. And so, so you know, it goes, it goes in waves and it goes both ways and the grass is greener always in the sense of like you know my friend who lives in my one of my best friends lives in Pasadena and just recently you know we literally jumped into the car in her driveway and drove to the gym that's oh five minutes away you know and then parked right outside the front door and walked in so like just that convenience of being able to just like have that peaceful like everything's so easy even if you're driving Versus having to walk we, six blocks, seven blocks. We have to leave it snow. right there. I'm out of time. <laughs> that is our show for this week. Thanks to my guest Robert Pasal from Robert Pasal Interiors, Tony Sargent, um, Sean McPeak. Here's hoping that you make this a great week, and I look forward to seeing you right back here next week. Be kind to one another for all of us here at Voice America, all around the world. Thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.